0: Hello. (laughs) Uh, I'm Miss Beth, or Beth if you're not a kid. I am up here to welcome and introduce to you some of my just very dearest friends in the whole world. I couldn't be happier to share them with you guys today. Uh, That's what it feels like it is. It feels like I've brought my own treasure here and I'm sharing it with you guys. So um, this is Pastor Andrew Baldwin and his wife, Lindsay. I'll tell you a funny story about how we met uh, when my kids were little. I used to go to library story time, and I had Barney, infant, in my arms. He was my fourth. And I look at Lindsay there. Uh, she was pregnant with one, two, three, her fourth. Her fourth. And we made eye contact, and I said, oh, I see, you're crazy too. And <laughs> we bonded, and <laughs> they had just moved to the state, and she needed a friend, but she didn't know that I needed uh, something even more than a friend. What, you know, the Lord had a plan. We didn't know it at that time, but they were to become just our dearest friends and some wonderful, uh, just a light, light to us in our lives, so like I said, we're very happy to have them here today. Uh, and now it's Josh's turn.
1: Uh, just want to pray for you guys. All right. Lord, just thank you for the Baldwins. Um, thank you for just their lives and how they share. And just uh, bless this time and bless Andrew's words. And just thank you. Amen. All right. Good morning. It's good to be here. Um, I, I thought that might give a little more context on me, but I guess that's... That's left to me to tell you a little more about myself. Um, so we have lived in the state of Washington for, I think, almost eight years now, right? Yes, uh, about eight years. Um, before that, we lived in Ohio. And um, I, I am a pastor, though the title is um, a little, it's still awkward for me because I'm involved in a house church. And so uh, what we do on Sundays is we meet in our living room. So, this is very different. This is the bigger living room, right? Um, So, I'm excited to be here with you and share in the Lord, um, and ultimately to share with the family of Christ. That's what the church is. It's a family. And so, um, that's what I've been learning, I think, over uh, my time as a pastor within my own home. Uh, And I want to be able to share some of that with you today. So, let me... Pull these things out. I'm trying not to like breathe into this microphone, so you don't hear huge breaths. Um, I'm here to talk about an important issue today, and that is one of air quality. So maybe some of you have been dealing with this recently, but this was a new phenomenon for uh, my wife and I when we moved to the state Uh, in Ohio. For whatever reason, I don't know all, there's reasons, trees don't burn. I mean, we don't, like, have things that catch fire and have smoke uh, like you do here on the West Coast, Um, you know, maybe because of the soil or um, because of the trees, because of lack of rain certain times of the year. Um, you have lots of burning that goes on, and it's just—it's pretty consistent. About every August, the sky starts to get hazy, and uh, the sun sometimes turns a different color. And this is weird for us. Boy, it's weird. Uh, but then there's an effect too. Our throats get kind of scratchy, and um, you know we can—we can feel it in the air. Well. That's just in the fall. Um, there's another problem in the spring that some of you may deal with. I know I do. Uh, I deal with allergies. Now we, we have this, you know, there's green things that grow in Ohio as well, so that's not new. Um, but maybe some of you out there suffer with allergies. Um, even though we don't see it in the air, Um, there's these things floating around can affect us, right? And if you've ever seen a pollen particle under a microscope, it's actually pretty sharp looking. I have a picture of one uh, to show you. Look at that thing. Spiky, fierce. Man, we're under attack and you don't even know it, right? An invisible attack in the air. Well, um, there's something that I have that I've brought with me to share with you, a prop, That is this, box fan. Maybe some of you out there use a box fan at home. Yeah? I love to sleep with one. Uh, Moves air around the room, keeps me cool, plus provides a little bit of noise. Love to sleep with my box fan. Now, if probably some of you in the front row can see, maybe even the back row, I'm ashamed to say, this fan is dirty. (laughs) It's our fan that's my dirt. Don't judge me. I'm not the kind of person that has time to clean my box fans. Maybe you are, I don't think there's many of you, but I know you're out there. I know you're out there. Um, So there is dirt on my box van. It proves my point, the air is dirty. Well, I was realizing a problem with my box van with regard to this invisible attack that's all around us. You know what it does? It just pushes all that stuff around the room. All this pollen, all the dust, all the smoke. If it's in my room, pushes it around and I just get to breathe it in again. Man, man, I didn't know my box fan was such a problem. But there is hope. There is another device that I also brought with me. You may be familiar with it. It's an air purifier. Okay, so this device also pushes air around the room. It also um, <clears throat> provides a little bit of noise Set that down. Provides a little bit of noise for me to sleep. That's that's pretty nice. But there is one critical difference between my air purifier and my box fan. It's something that's hidden, something that's unseen. And it's something that has an amazing power to stop what's harmful and render it powerless. So I have a picture of that up on the screen. Excuse me while I take a drink okay um, did you did the, did you see the picture of the box fan and pushing around dangerous objects okay if you can see my dagger all right my spiky pollen so you can see that the air purifier is very different, harmful things on one side, but fresh air on the other side well um, I didn't come to talk about the air of environmental air quality. I came to talk about something else. I came to talk about spiritual air quality. So, To do so, I'd like to revisit a story that you guys looked at pretty recently, Um, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I know you guys went through Daniel, and I know that you uh, previously uh, spent time looking into that. But Uh, I was even reminded this morning, as I was doing some of my own reading, that uh, the Lord needs to remind us of the same things over and over. I was in 1 Peter, and uh, Peter was saying, hey guys, I know that you already know these things. I know that you're rooted in truth, but as long as I'm here, I don't mind reminding you uh, in order to stir you up, in order to get you to follow in a new and fresh way. So before I revisit the story of Daniel, I'd like to pray. Uh, and get our minds oriented. Lord Jesus, uh, we thank you for uh, your word. Lord, we thank you for your perseverance with us, that you're willing to uh, repeat the same things over and over. Lord, I pray that as we look at this story again, that you would stir us up to a new commitment. You would stir us up in a fresh way uh, to follow you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. Because you've already looked at the story, I'm not going to read the verses word by word, but I'm just going to retell the story, okay? I'm going to paraphrase it in my own words. But you remember that King Nebuchadnezzar was king over Babylon. And what he did is he created a giant golden statue uh, from the work of his own hands and the work of the people in his kingdom. And he sent out a decree. He said, everyone should come to the dedication ceremony of this statue, So, all the rulers came and assembled themselves, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, and the judges. And a message was sent out that when music started, they were to bow down and worship the statue. And whoever didn't bow down was going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. So naturally, when the music started playing, everyone bowed down, except for a few. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, and some people noticed, and they brought a report to the king. And they said, oh, king, we saw some people who were not bowing down, important people, people you appointed as rulers in your kingdom, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. And remember, king, you said that if no one was bowing down, if someone wasn't bowing down, you'd throw them in the furnace. Remember that, king? In rage, the king Nebuchadnezzar ordered that they be brought before him. He warned them again, if you do not bow down, you'll be thrown into the furnace. And they replied to him, King, we do not need to give you an answer in this matter. But God is able to deliver us from the fire. But even if he doesn't, he will deliver us from your hand. So, my question is, what was the spiritual air quality in the kingdom? I have some notes behind me. What was it like to live there? So first of all, I'll point out that these people were ruled by coercion and threats. It wasn't a place that uh, was ruled by a good king that people willingly served. It was ruled by coercion and threats. That's, that's a terrible place to live. Okay, what else? It was also a place of envy and bitterness. You know, no one likes to be told things they don't like to do. I don't like to be told things I don't like to do, but what people hate even more is when they have to do things they don't like to do, and somebody else gets out of it, right? Ooh, that makes people mad. That's time to tattletale, right? Hey, teacher, did you see that student over there? You said, that's what's happening here. What was the motivation? We don't know exactly. Maybe it was out of bitterness Maybe it was out of envy. You know, these other people wanted the power, perhaps. We don't know exactly, but something like that. Envy and bitterness probably was a part of it. And then the king responds in rage. Rage, that's uncontrollable anger. That's when anger just rules over a person. And that was the king's response. That just three people in his whole kingdom that were disobeying him. Wow, wow. That's pretty upset. You have a whole kingdom, and three people disobey, and you fly into a fit of rage. Finally, um, when he doesn't get the answer that he wants, he responds in violence, right? an act of violence. The furnace was the punishment that was made to make people scared. It was made to make people suffer. It was violent. This is the spiritual air quality of the kingdom. But not only that, it was the expectation that from the top down, everyone would act in the same way. So remember, the verse calls out who was there. Who, who did he call out? It was the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, and the judges. All the rulers of the kingdom. They were there to obey the king's decree because the expectation was they would pass rulership on in the same way. If they're going to submit to this, boy, they're going to let those threats roll downhill. You know how it is. So this is how the kingdom was ruled. You know what that's like? Man, that's, that's like a bunch of box fans pushing around air pollution. Okay? So I have my picture up here. You can see the things I had listed up there in the environmental air, pollen, smoke. Well, now it's rage. It's threats. It's gossip. It's blame. Someone, get, someone receives it. Whew, boy, I'm just going to pass that along right on to the next person. So, that's what it's like. What about the spiritual air quality around Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego? What was their response? These things are flying around the kingdom, but did they fly off in a fit of rage against the king? No. Did they talk bitterly about the people who had tattled on them? No. Did they respond with threats to the king? no threats. And did they try an act of violence? No, they didn't do that. Now, I want to highlight something about the king, okay? He just made a fake God with the power of his hands, and he told people to worship it. Now, here you have Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, and they know the living God. They have an experience with him. They know the truth, I mean, they are people who have an experience, a real experience with the Lord, and it's interesting what they didn't say. If you look, they didn't say, "Oh King, you're not being reasonable. You made a god with with the work of your hands." Oh King, don't you know that trusting in the work of your hands to establish and save you is ludicrous? See, that's the truth. We talk about that in church. Don't rely on the work of your hands. The work of your hands can't take care of you. The work of your hands can't save you, right? These are things we're learning. But they didn't turn that around on the king in the situation. What did they do instead? Instead of defending themselves, they quickly and boldly accepted an unjust punishment against them. They had respect for authority. They had faith in God. And they had obedience even to the point of death. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Not a single one of the qualities directed towards them was returned. But instead, something pure and true and clean coming out on the other side. Well, do you know what that's like? That's like an air purifier. It's an all-out attack on one side, but none of the nasty, harmful stuff comes out on the other. So my next question is, how are they able to do that? And before they were in the furnace, they just looked like every other normal guy in the kingdom. Just ordinary men. But there was one critical difference between these men and everyone else. It's something you can't see. It's something hidden. Giving them a power that's amazing. A power that allowed them to live in a polluted environment, yet from them, come a pure and clean flow. 2 Corinthians 5:17 says if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature or a new creation. The old things have passed away and new things have come. So, Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego are not box fans pushing around the polluted environment that's around them. They're a new kind of creature. But the critical difference is not visible from the outside. So what is it that these new creatures in Christ have on the inside that grants them such an amazing power? Hopefully you're getting the idea. It's God's Spirit. It's the very life of Christ. When we come to Christ, we are made into a new creation with God's Spirit inside. So earlier I was talking about the box fan, and I was talking about the air purifier— Again, these things are similar, but somebody had the great idea to take the power of a filter and add it to the fan, and it became a new creation. Okay. <clears throat> now, um, when, when this new creation comes about, and God's Spirit is inside, it has an effect. I'm going to read that out of Ephesians chapter 4, 1 through 3. Paul says, Therefore, I, prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called, with all humility, all gentleness, all patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit uh, in the bond of peace. So, do you see what kind of spiritual error this produces? That sounds pretty good. I like to be in an environment like that. Humility, gentleness, peace. That sounds like a great group of people. Um, but this verse says something else. It says that this only comes with diligence. That's the last part, verse 3. It says to be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit. Without verse 3, 1 and 2 aren't possible. We won't have it. If you don't know air purifiers cost a lot more than box fans. Uh, If you've been to the store to to price them out, that's quite quite a difference. If you're someone who suffers from uh, allergies or smoke or any kind of other air pollution, uh, you're you're pretty willing to make that sacrifice. You're someone who needs the fresh air. Um, So no one who's buying one of these in their right mind goes to the store, buys it, takes it home, takes the filter out, and throws it away. That's just ludicrous. No one would do that. That's a waste of money. Well, God the Father has made an unfathomable investment in us to make us into new creations. He sent his son who died on the cross, gave himself up for you and me, just so that we could share in the unity of his life, just so we could share in his spirit. He did all of that for us. What a huge cost. He's given it to us. So, we have his very life, but we need to be diligent to use it. I pretty much have two challenges in my walk with the Lord. Uh, One is to remember his promises, and the other is to believe that they are true. (laughs) Uh, I find, again, talking about repetition, that I need to hear the same things over and over Uh, Sometimes uh, my wife and I, in the very most difficult times of uh, our life, have had to repeat Scripture to each other. Not because we thought we forgot it, but because we knew we needed to hear it again or say it again. We needed to do it over. Um, Reviewing the same things is so important for us. I need to remember, and I need to have my faith come up to believe that what God really says is true. And my thoughts go something like this. That's right. God has given me a unity with his very spirit. And if the God of the universe is sharing his life with me, what do I need to fear? What can man do to me? I don't need to retaliate to anyone for anything. He has established me. Praise the Lord. When I can operate in this way, it's really quite a load off. And I experience God's supernatural provision, and my faith increases. So, are we wanting fresh air? I hope you are. Be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit. Now, unity has two directions that I see, vertical and horizontal. There's my unity with the Lord. um, And then there's my unity with my brothers and sisters. But what's cool is that uh, either way, the means to unity is the same. And it's sharing uh, in his spirit. And we can be diligent to preserve that unity. But what I've noticed is that the interaction is a little different. So between um, people that I don't know very well, uh, strangers, I've observed something in myself that I'm a little more willing to be forgiving. Oh, here comes this stranger. Oh, maybe they don't even know the Lord. Okay, okay. I, I should be forgiving, right? I, I need to show Christ. Uh they they offended me, that's okay. But I've also observed that amongst those I'm closer to, that forgiveness doesn't come quite out, it come out quite as easily. Why is that? Man, with people I'm close to, I think things like, well, they should have known better. Well, they they knew that. And and I think I I don't make excuses for them like I make excuses for strangers. Boy, that's too bad. That's too bad because we can see that Satan is hard at work to destroy families, and he's hard at work even more so to destroy and tear down the body of Christ. We need to have a greater understanding for each other. We need to have a greater willingness uh, to see where other people are at. I'm going to read Ephesians 4.13. By the way, Ephesians 4 is great. There's a lot in there about unity. I'm highlighting a few verses uh, just to pull out a few things, but a great place to spend your time um, as you read further. Ephesians 4.13 says that we are to all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to Christ. Okay. The stature of Christ, that's pretty high. God's intention for us is that we would come up to that. That's a great plan. Um, I'm glad he's working on me for that plan. Now, what we uh, need to understand is that he's working all of us on all of us for this plan. And attain means something that's a process. To mature is something that's a process. Um, we have over... I know uh, some teenagers were going to sit on the right. I think that's what I heard. Um, I hope you did get some of the notes to doodle on and uh, things I left over there. Okay, great, Sam. Thank you. Um, We have some teenagers over here, and some of them have not yet reached their full stature, literally, uh, as an adult. They're still growing. And for the first time, they're endeavoring to do adult things. Drive. Some of them are thinking about college. And, of course, we're going to have understanding for them. Wow, they're doing this for the first time, right? We have children that are out in the children's ministry right now, and they're learning according to their maturity, right? So they're different. We're at different levels. We're different places. We have understanding for the various maturity of our group. Why, then, is it so difficult to understand that spiritually we are this way? There are new believers There are older believers. There are people who have learned some things but yet to learn others, right? We need to have understanding for this within the body of Christ, that we are attaining to the unity of faith, that we are coming to a mature man. Now, this is our goal and something we should work on and something we should pray about, pray about for ourselves, pray about for other other people. What's interesting is, this verse is pointing it out, unity does not mean we are all the same. I appreciate what Dan said earlier. He said something to the same effect. It doesn't mean we're all the same. It can't mean that. If we're maturing at different levels, we can't be all the same. So then what does unity mean? Um, It doesn't mean that we've eliminated, all eliminated our weaknesses. We're still working on those, aren't we? I know I am. So unity is not sameness. Unity is something else. The unity we're talking about here, again, is sharing the very life of Christ, God's Spirit. So when we have given up our lives, Lord, I give up my life, I come to you, I want your life, right? That's what we say when we come to Christ. We receive a new life, and that new life is a shared life. So unity isn't sameness, unity is oneness sharing the same life of God together. By having oneness with God's spirit, we can as Ephesians 4:31 says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. We can be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ forgave you. Not possible without unity of the Spirit. And Christ has forgiven us. So what happened was all the spiritual pollution in the world was laid on him. And did he pass it on? No, he absorbed it and he forgave. He forgave. If he did that for us and we're sharing the same life as Christ, aren't we willing to do the same for others? Yes, Lord. You know the end of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were thrown into the furnace. And once they were in the fire, the king saw with his eyes what was previously hidden. They shared a supernatural life with God himself. They were walking around in the fire with the Son of God. And this is the community of the fiery furnace that uh, Pastor Ryan called out back in June. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego were in unity with each other because they were in unity with Christ, and the fire of the devil had no effect. That means no need to be afraid of the flaming arrows of the devil, no need to be surprised by fiery trials. By the power of the Spirit, we are able to take the spiritual pollution of this uh, dark place that we live in and render it powerless, praise the Lord. There is unity that we have in Christ, and unity with others in sharing his life. So I'd like to focus on a response, and the worship team's going to make their way up here. Um, I know that I think every other week, or first and third Sunday of the month, you guys usually do communion. So we're not doing communion today, but in the same manner, I would like to give an invitation to commune with Christ Uh, and with each other in unity. If we're looking for greater unity, then we must prepare our minds for two things. One, we will be recipients of the spiritual pollution of this world. That's not a great thought. That's not something warm and fuzzy. But it is the truth of the environment we live in. So let's not let it throw us off course. Let's prepare our minds that we will receive it. Okay. Okay. But the second point is more critical. God has given us the power not to pass it along, to leave a blessing uh, behind, okay? This part takes faith to believe that it's true. God has given us the power to overcome. God's Spirit is with us. So if that's your desire, uh, please, I encourage you to take a moment in prayer over the next minute while the band plays and tell the Lord so and ask him to direct you. Praise the Lord.